Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello and welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Guys, we're back. We're so sorry that we've been a bit quiet, but we really appreciate all of your love and lots of nice messages. I think most people can relate that sometimes you just have a rough mental mental health week, you know? Yeah. And uh, we had one of those, slash I had a few. <laughs> Instead of just turning it off, we um, had decided to deal with it and feel it, and we were pretty quiet because of it. But we're feeling much better now, and we're back. So... We are. We are back. Katie, how are you feeling today? How's it going? I'm feeling really good, actually. Uh, We just recorded a Patreon episode. That was fun. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot of funny. On video, and I washed my hair. Oh, just throwing it She washed your hair for me. Well, actually for the patrons, but hey. (laughs) No, it was just for you, Katie. It was for no one else. (laughs) Me only. But how are you, Sarah? Yeah, I'm good. Much better today. It's also, um, it's, uh, I don't speak German, so why am I trying to say shit in German? What is wrong with my brain? Um, it's a holiday tomorrow, so I was trying oh. to think of the word. They have, like, some weird, like, Feiertag, like, free, I don't even know. I'm not, I don't speak German, so I'm going to stop. Um, but it's a holiday tomorrow, so that's nice, and... I have my vaccine appointment, my vaccination appointment. Yay! Which is like huge in Germany right now because, you know, they're not vaccinating people in my age group or like it's a really slow rollout. So it's like uh, very exciting that Greg and I both have our appointment scheduled for tomorrow. So that is so cool. Congrats. And thank you. Also- Thank you for getting your vaccine because we, you guys, it was similar to how we got a lot of hate for our MLM episode. We got a lot of pushback from ex-Mormons who are apparently also anti-vaxxers, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But, you know, I guess you can't leave all bad ideas sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys, we, oh my God, so much pushback. And I think it was just absurd. Like one, I mean, not that we want to draw attention, but I kind of do because it's absolutely ridiculous. And Katie and I have been fuming on it for a few days and then I would stop and then I would hear, like I would see like another comment or a message and I was like, you know what? So Katie was brilliant and made that hilarious meme, which gave me all kind of feel goods. (laughs) um and I was just cracking up because we had a few few people respond like well you can fuck off and it's like okay (laughs) yeah all right I guess I will (laughs) and then we had a few that were like saying we are too political which first of all can we just say right now like I just think this needs to be clarified like the people who send these negative comments are not the supporters of like, as in like really supporting the podcast have been there from the beginning or whenever they join, like really supportive of us either, you know, with Patreon or just, you know, is spreading the podcast around like via reviews or whatever. These aren't the same people. These are the ones that we've never actually even heard. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't received messages or comments or anything like that before. So we were like, Oh, didn't even know that you listened like, hi. And second of all, it's like, it's, it's not, it's our podcast, like it's our platform. So even though we're not getting political with this, if we want to, we fucking can because it's free content for people <laughs> like Katie and I both have full-time jobs. Like this is not our main job. So it's a bit like, where are you coming from to tell us how to run our platform and podcast? It's a, it's a, like, it's a mind. We got a lot of the line that was like, you know, I really enjoy your podcast. I enjoy your work, but this is, this offends me because you're getting political and masks don't work and yada, yada, yada. And I'm just like, you know what? First of all, masks aren't political. You're the one making it political. But secondly, if we want to be political, if you think me saying fuck Donald Trump is political, then fine. I'm political. Okay. And it's our 
podcast. Like, if you don't like it, don't listen, which obviously we know that ones that are listening right now, you don't think that way, but we just wanted to say. Yeah. It's. <sighs> exactly. And just to clarify, I mean, maybe you guys are listening and are like, whoa, they're coming in heavy today, but. <laughs> It's just like, ugh, I can't even when people have all these comments. And like we said, like, first of all, like, it's obviously not the people who are listening. And we're always open to be open to criticism that is constructive. You know, if there's anything that Katie and I have said that maybe wasn't politically correct, was offensive, wasn't sensitive. Those are things that we have been called out before and we're like, shit, thank you so much for letting us know. We will make those changes like going forward. Like we really appreciate that feedback. But when it's feedback like, oh, you guys are getting too political now. We're going to tell you how to run your platform that that person listens to for free and doesn't help support in any way. It's like you can go fuck off. Like, (laughs) goodbye. I have no patience for you. Uh, Bye. Um, it's just, and it's also just, you know, we had another person, which I I don't know, Katie, did we share in the stories of where she, (laughs) she tagged us in her story saying that we're controlling the narrative. It's like, it's like, we're, we're stating, um, facts and we had a medical professional on to explain that you should get a vaccine and vaccines are not harmful and that wearing a mask does not harm you. But on the flip side, if you don't do those things and you're able to, you could be hurting vulnerable people and people are dying. So like, Mm -hmm. it's not controlling the narrative. It's telling what the facts are. And if that offends you, then like, don't listen to us, but we're not going to not talk about those things just to appease the few. It's like I told Sarah, it'd be like selling out just to get a few listens when these topics are actually really important and they do pertain to the ex-Mormon community, obviously, because a lot more than I thought of ex-Mormons like still uh, distrust science and stuff because Mm -hmm. probably how they were raised Mormon and how that that belief system works. So, yeah, (laughs) Um. But thank you all for everyone that was, like, defending us in the comments. And also, thanks to so many of you that did reach out and you told us your personal experiences with how mm-hmm. this um, this pandemic has actually really hurt you and your families and you've lost things. And also, so many of you do work in um, the medical field, and we appreciate all of your messages and just your support and your listens. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Definitely want to emphasize that. Like, we... We, when we received those messages, like some of them were really hard to read, especially when you have these ignorant, ridiculous comments coming in about, you know, how vaccines are dangerous and, you know, people should have their own free will and their choice to do this and this and how we're controlling narratives. It's just like you read those comments and then you read people like messages from our listeners who have had such a horrible experience or a tragic or really upsetting experience because of COVID and because of, you know, some of these anti-vaxxers or anti-maskers, it's just really heartbreaking, you know, and the fact that they have to even see these comments. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine, like, I've been very fortunate that I I almost said blessed. I didn't. (laughs) Very fortunate that I haven't really ever, you know, I, I didn't have to deal with a close one or, family members or any of that having a negative experience or losing their life with COVID. So for me, reading those comments are obnoxious and annoying and just frustrating, but I can't imagine reading them while also experiencing how tragic COVID has been for a lot of people. Me too. I know I had that same thought. And, you know, I just want to say that like (laughs) a bad idea or an untrue idea or false information is all the same like a bad idea is a bad idea right that's why we call out mormonism because it causes harm and it's the same thing with multi-level marketing and with anti-vax it causes a lot of harm and we have every you know right to speak about these things but it's interesting how some people think that like since they're in the ex-mormon community we have to accommodate their other bad ideas it's quite fascinating it's like why would you expect us to stay silent on that just because you're an ex-Mormon? Like, uh, 
you know, that doesn't change how we feel about it. So no. And, you know, it, it was like, we got, <laughs> we got a message from a white guy being like, eh, I love your podcast, but I hate the fact that, um, you know, you're making it political and like saying fuck Trump or whatever. And like Katie and I talked about it's, it's not like you can, we've never said everyone has to be Democrat or vote for Biden. When have we ever, like, well, maybe I did say vote for Biden because of the election <laughs> was like vote Biden or Trump. Um, but it's never been like, oh, you have to have the same exact thoughts as us politically. But it is different to say that you support Trump yeah. versus saying you're a Republican. Like those are two very different things in my mind. Oh, me too. Um, and I thought we've made that quite clear. So if we haven't saying it again now, like those are two different things. And Katie didn't post like, you know, those who are Republican can fuck off. She said those who support Trump can fuck off. And we will hardly <laughs> support they, that. They can kindly fuck off from Emma Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was sir. Kindly, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and those who left us, I think it was like 20 20 uh, followers who left us on Instagram, you can kindly fuck right off as well. So, <laughs> bye-bye. Kindly fuck right off, yeah. Bye-bye. Um, Anyways, guys, we're not bitter, even though we're going to get so many reviews and messages from people saying, you guys are bitter and you just complain. Well, maybe I am. Maybe I am, God damn it. I am in a bitter mood, so buckle up, because it's going to be freaking- a journey. Maybe it's freaking tiring when you're going through a depressive episode and you're getting hounded by people who are telling you that vaccines cause autism. And it's just like, no, they fucking don't. Stop it. (laughs) Anyway, moving right along. So we have to hard. I wish I could drink right now, but I can't because I'm getting the vaccine tomorrow. But I just need some wine. Uh, Um. New patrons, though. Woo! Moving on to some lovely news, because we love you guys so much. And those who have hung hung on through that entire rant, we love you so much. (laughs) Um, So, first of all, new patron, Millie. Hi, Millie. What a cute name. Millie. That reminds me of um, the rap from Lil Wayne, right? No, Kim. Kim, Oh, fuck. (laughs) That little Wayne. Maybe I'm fucking that right up, and you guys are probably like, oh, she's so basic. I think it is. Also, I apologize that I even attempted to rap just there. (laughs) That was like the worst thing I've ever subjected you all to. So (laughs) here we are. Um, For the best. Either way, welcome, Millie. We're so (laughs) excited to have you. Thank you for your support. Yes, and also welcome to Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Welcome. Thank Jenny. you. I'm now I'm going with like 90s, 2000s hip hop and R&B. So I'm going to say Jenny from the block, but you know, maybe you're not. <laughs> Wasn't there the um? I'm pro- oh, I'm sure she's just going to be like, please don't fucking sing it. But eight <laughs> six seven five three oh nine. Jenny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if. You- Guys, no, but we've transitioned from um, being a podcast talking about Mormonism to singing and rapping. So like, welcome to yeah. not so Molly Mormon musical. I don't know. Oh God. Okay, we need to move along. But that those are the new patrons, and thank you. <laughs> Either way, we love you guys. Thank you, Millie and Jenny. Appreciate your support, and thanks to all our other. Wonderful patrons. We really appreciate your support. You keep the podcast going. So we love you. And as always, love to all of our other listeners. Even if you can't um, subscribe or join on Patreon, we still love all the support and messages we get from you guys. So thanks to everyone. We're just full of feelings today. Just from one end of the spectrum to the other. <laughs> Literally, though, that is the yeah. story of my life the past uh, year. Right. Okay, okay so I break out in tears today. Everyone just go with it. Just pretend like nothing is happening. Just keep going. Just go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so our topic today, we're going to be discussing the excommunication of Natasha Helfer. Which, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that happened pretty recently. I believe it was 
like April, end of April. So, yes. um, Natasha, oh, I got, I want to say before I begin, I just got most of my notes from a really great article in the Washington Post, also an article in Newsweek, and then I got some information from Natasha's own blog and social media. So, yay, I'm so glad that you covered those because I could not get access to those fucking journals. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. That yeah, was- so I, took I couldn't see those, but I do have um, her blog. Up. Great. Okay. So that's basically, I thought it'd be good if we read a, quite a bit of just from her own words. Like, I think it'll be good to like so that people can understand if, I mean, obviously you can go and read it, but. I read her blog from 2012, and I was like, so what's oh, yeah. wrong with this? You know, it's interesting is I actually have that up here, and I, I was going to read some things from it. But since you have it up, we can do that together. No, no. I don't want to oh, steal your thunder. Whatever. We're going to do it together. I, I demand it. Um, <laughs> okay. And then, okay. yeah, I just took a lot of excerpts from that. And then at the end, I have just some information, like, that's from <laughs> – a talk that an apostle gave that explains their reasoning behind why she was excommunicated. So they have a talk. Well, they did. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't about like her, but it was, it's like the teachings of why she would be excommunicated, like their justification. So, yeah, I thought it was like from general conference, like one of the apostles was like, Oh, we're going to address. Oh, no, no, that would be crazy. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, what the fuck? Times are changing. Yes, Way yes. too transparent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, cool. So, Natasha Helf- Helfer is and well, was, I guess, an LDS sex therapist. Like, she still is a sex therapist, but she was Mormon, obviously. But she got excommunicated from the Mormon church on April 21st. Um, and the person who excommunicated her was Stephen Daly, who I believe is a bishop, I think, um, or a state president possibly, but he's a church official and he lives in Kansas, which is where she used to live. But in 2019, she moved to Salt Lake City. So like he, she wasn't even in his ward when he what? did that. Yeah, but he still wanted to exercise his authority and... This is well. so. God. We're gonna back up a little bit and give you guys some background, which I'm glad Sarah brought up. So in 2012, she wrote a blog post that caused waves across Mormonism, where she declared that masturbation is not a sin. And since then, she has kind of attracted like a wider audience, maybe among like more progressive Mormons that are interested in what she has to say about it. So yeah, we have her blog up here it's called or the blog entry my official stance on masturbation mm-hmm. and this and I wonder I don't know if it's like on your side because I'm looking at it on my phone so maybe this is just like not correct but is the blog still called um the Mormon therapist uh-huh yeah oh, okay all yeah. right so she hasn't changed it okay cool yeah, so I don't know if you have any particular parts that you want to read. I don't think we have time to read the whole thing because there's kind of a lot of other stuff to get Yeah, into. it's a long one. I think it's good to to first point out that the blog is this entry, from what I understood, is based around a question that was submitted to her. I, I think it's to her. Um, yeah. That says, what about masturbation if you are endowed and unmarried? I am 29 and have my endowments and have this problem. I am trying to stop the guilt and tell myself it is okay, but is it? So I wrote this question. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this was Sarah. <laughs> really? Like, I was a 28-year-old endowed. <laughs> I could see myself writing in those, like, fireside meetings where you ask the bishop question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm 29, endowed, and masturbate a lot. Is that okay? <laughs> Isn't that such a weird thing that you have to ask? God, <laughs> it's so cringy. Um, but I like yeah. how she wrote in here, um, like, she basically said that she's alluded to her stances on it, but has never spoken out about it. And she felt guilt, like, she felt bad about that. She said, I no longer can stay silent and consider myself to be an ethical mental health practitioner. In fact, I want to offer an official apology for not having spoken up in a more direct way sooner. And 
she goes on to say, so here goes my position. Masturbation is not sinful behavior in of itself, nor is it a transgression. God has created us as emotional, spiritual, intellectual, and sexual beings. He has created these capacities in the context of both relational purpose and self-sufficiency, meaning we are social creatures meant to thrive in relationship with others. At the same time, we're also individual creatures, and when not able to be in a relationship, have the capacity to meet our own needs for certain periods of time, depending on age and developmental stage. I mean... So yeah. great. makes perfect sense. It makes total sense. And how she breaks it down from like a bio- like biological and anat- anatomical. Mm-hmm. Look at me throwing out these big science words. <laughs> I'm smart. Um, like she breaks it down that way that it, like for me, I was like, oh, I didn't know. Like, you know, she's talking about how like you, you like human sexuality starts from the womb. Like you have like uh like males experience erections and females experience vaginal lubrication as fetuses so it's like really breaking it down to like this is a basic human need you know like it's 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 not a gross transgression that's next to murder it's like literally you're born with desires and needs and like they should be met like it's just healthy like there's no looking at it in a perverted way like it's just healthy and I like how she says that she she believes that um shaming someone for masturbating can lead to more compulsive masturbating so it's like if you're shaming someone it's not going to help whatever you perceive as a problem which it isn't a problem in the first place but you can make it into something that they might be doing more that that might interfere with their life more because you're shaming them for it like yeah yeah exactly Exactly. And I also think it's like, you know, her point that she's talking about um, basically how masturbation is also helping with the quote unquote Mormon like law of chastity. Mm-hmm. Because she's saying like masturbation can be used to help our teens and single adults keep the law of chastity in ways that empower themselves regarding knowing and controlling their sexual drive cycles and owning their own sexuality in non shaming and normative ways. Mm -hmm. also i thought this was really great orgasm has been shown to help i don't know why i paused on that (laughs) (laughs) maybe i was having my own it was like orgasm um has been shown to help with relieving stress aiding with pain especially helpful for menstrual cramping regulation of hormones and prevention of certain cancers Mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's just a fact, you guys. It's, it's scientifically proven. Yeah. Diddling I'm... and piddling is needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a healthy, normal thing, especially when you're doing it, like, in a healthy way. And she goes on to say, I mean, like, she kind of speaks out against, like, the the doctrines that have been taught about masturbation, like, saying that it's next to murder. Um but I like how she ends, she basically ends it with saying that, like, she loves the church and she's an active church member. And this doesn't mean that she's, like, any less um, a part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It just means that she's, like, t- telling the truth about what her profession is ethically. Like, this is not actually true and I'm a medical professional and here's why. So, Exactly. Like she never once in this this blog post that I saw, like trashes the Mormon church or puts it in a negative light. Like it's all done really well. Like it's Mm -hmm. all written really well and not in a way that as I couldn't imagine as an active Mormon reading this and thinking that she was like bashing the church. I would just be like, oh, I don't believe in that, but, like, I don't come away from this thinking she's an apostate or, like, right, I know. you know, trying to to persuade people to leave the church. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I also, sorry, I'm just going to jump in one more time. <laughs> um, there's, I like how she, this um, uh, analogy that she gives as well, that's, like, she says, I understand that like any Norman, normal human tendency, masturbation can become an unhealthy behavior. This is also true for eating, yet we don't couch our physical desire to nourish, nourish ourselves with food as sinful. 
Mm-hmm. Which is good. Like, you know, obviously, like any type of addiction, and even though I don't, you know, uh, that's that's saying, I'm saying it loosely, um, can lead to an unhealthy behavior. But obviously, it's like, yeah, but you can apply that same principle to almost everything that you do in your life, like all yeah. of your basic needs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I like that analogy, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, her blog post is great. If you guys, you guys should go read it. Um, But so kind of getting back to this timeline um, from those articles I mentioned before, um, Natasha has been a mental health professional for over 25 years, and she said that most of her clients are Mormon or sometimes ex-Mormon, but it's partly because they have a hard time finding a professional therapist who understands their, like, faith, and she said that um, clients have told her that licensed LDS therapists will tell them to pray or read scripture. <gasps> like, what? That, that sh- is... That is so unethical. That's horrible. Yeah. I also didn't know that, like, you could... So, maybe correct me if I'm wrong... And I I don't know if you even know the answer to this, although you usually know the answer to everything. Katie. Oh, don't hype me up too much. Uh, <laughs> so does the Mormon church, like, can you, so, so I don't know, I can't speak, language, writing and speaking and everything is hard. I'm trying to say, like, if you go to the church, can you um, speak to a bishop and say, like, I would also like to speak to a therapist? And do they have, like, a in-house Mormon therapist that you can talk to through the church or is it always separated in that like you go to a therapist and request someone who has a religious background um that's a good question like I don't I know that they don't have anyone that's like called to be the word therapist or whatever but um they probably I'm I would bet that they have referral programs to like LDS therapists I would guess. That's what I was thinking, because I swear, to, I swear to celestial Jesus that <laughs> I um I remember having like a friend telling me about that in Utah that they went to a therapist and it was like a Mormon uh, therapist that they were referred to by their bishop. Yeah, but I, I don't know if it was like you know just the bishop saying, hey, I have this friend who's a therapist and she's also Mormon, or if it's like you go through your bishops to then get support from a Mormon therapist? I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are. Listeners, let us know if, like, you've experienced that or heard of it. Because, well, and also in Utah, like, probably most of the therapists are Mormon anyway. So. Yeah, and I I do, I mean, to a certain extent. Like, I do, I mean, not as certain. Yeah, um, I do think you should have a therapist that has a similar background or understanding um, that's tailored for you because I have gone to therapists since leaving the Mormon church. And that was a part that was actually really difficult. Yeah. Was that, you know, I'm trying to talk about my experiences leaving the Mormon church and how it affected me, but it's like talking to someone who's like, has no idea what you're talking about. So it's just hard to open up or to have that connection or for, to feel like they can relate. So I do think like, obviously I would love it if I had a therapist who was ex Mormon, (laughs) that would be brilliant yeah Um, I I think that I agree with you that I think that background and understanding is important but like it becomes super unethical when they insert like telling you to pray instead of actually giving you solid advice so exactly that should never be given like I mean I swear to god that should be the Mormon church's new tagline it's just but have you read the scripture have you read the book of Mormon and prayed but have that the answer you will get Every fucking time. Have you read the Book of Mormon and prayed about it? <laughs> yes, I have. I've done it a lot. And guess what? No, it. I didn't get the burning in my bosom. Okay. No. Okay. So, um, yeah. So about 10 years ago, Natasha became one of the few licensed sex therapists in the Mormon world. She said that she thinks church leaders have been upset that she supports masturbation as a normal sexual activity and that she has also spoken against treating viewing pornography as a sex addiction. She also supports same-sex marriage. So all of those things are in conflict with her membership as a Mormon, 
but also she believes those things because that's the right thing to do for her professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, she oh, came sorry. up here. This is a question that I didn't yeah. come across in my research. <laughs> sorry, I just had a giggle because when I say research, it was just the one thing. Um, is she married? I don't know. Um, I didn't, I didn't find anything about her having a spouse, um, but I'm not sure. Ah, okay. Cause I'm just wondering if that's another reason why the church had such an issue with her talking about masturbation so openly and sexuality, especially if she's like a single woman. And she's a woman speaking up. Yeah. So she came under the scrutiny of church leadership last fall when Stephen Daly, oh yeah, he's a stake president in Kansas, sent her a letter expressing concern that her public views on the use of pornography, masturbation, and same-sex marriage contradict church teaching. Referring to her beliefs about the LGBTQ members, he asked to her in a letter, do you consider the church toxic and unsafe for its members? Like, This guy is so weird to me. So he was her bishop when she lived in Kansas. She now lives, when he's sending this, in Salt Lake City. And he's, like, taking the time to find things she shared online and then, like, write to her about it and ask her if she's contradicting the church. Like, what? probably jerks off to her and these articles. Let's be honest. Like, that's probably why he has such a big issue with her and the fact that it's, like, on masturbation. Like... Ugh. Yeah, it's and it's so weird because a lot of the stuff he like accused her of, he said he saw her post on Facebook. Like this social stalking is so weird, and it's like policing, and oh, I hate it. And we uh, we've gotten so many of those like messages from you guys saying that too. That like your bishops have like or or people in the bishopric have like stalking what you post on social media and her like I just think that's so fucking creepy it it freaks me out like me too I I mean luckily I don't have anything to worry about because I left the church and I don't I mean I took my records off but like it's still just weird that they're creepily watching you and watching everything you post and then in this case he's threatening her membership with it and he's not even her bishop or stake president even and also, who the fuck has time to do this? I know. Like, I know. Go find a life. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Like, why are you so obsessed with her. <laughs> why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> okay, so I also they in that Washington Post article they talked with another um, marriage and sex therapist who is Mormon, and this woman is. Something else. So get ready. I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So her name is Laura Brotherson, and she has clashed with Natasha Helfer in the past. She said, Oh, they're... brother. Oh, brother Brotherson. <laughs> oh, I just realized that her name at church would be Sister Brotherson. <laughs> ah, that's great. Um, okay. So she said, There are maybe 10 to 20 licensed sex therapists in the state of Utah, and even though she has a waiting list of up to a year, she would never refer clients to therapists such as Natasha. Because petty bitch. Yes, she said she feels she feels like Natasha focuses on a few negative aspects of the LDS Church and threatens to undermine the faith by teaching things contrary to doctrine. It gets better, she says. Brotherson said she tells her clients to focus on things they can change within themselves while Helfer, Natasha Helfer, tends to place the focus around issues such as sexual shame in the LDS church. And she said, Brotherson said anyone can write a letter to church leadership, but Natasha crosses the line when she openly criticizes them. To think so about she crosses the line when she actually questions instead of just going along with it and practicing toxic positivity. Well, yeah, that fucking so Natasha. Sexual shame is real, and like teaching these things is harmful. And she did the. It's like blaming the victim, and this is a licensed therapist, and this Brotherson woman is like. No, if you're feeling a certain way, it's something that's wrong with you. It's something that you've done that's wrong and you need to change. You don't need to advocate for change in the religion that's 
shaming you. <sighs> That's so fucked. I just also am very concerned about her patience. I am too. Like, I... Better. I'm, yeah. It gets better. Listen to this quote from her. This is a, a straight quote from the article. She said, To think about telling the church how to run things is like counseling the Lord and telling him what to do. You can go to your spouse and say, I wish you wouldn't leave your socks all over the floor. Once you've said that and you keep hounding him, you start to affect the relationship. What? No, you just tell that fucker, go pick up your socks and move on. But to her to liken this to, like, you, she's trying to get advocate for change and helping people feel better mentally and physically, and she's likening it to telling your spouse to pick up the socks, and if he doesn't pick up the socks, just shut up about it. Oh, like, fuck. what kind of a therapist is this? And, like, trying to tell God how to run his oh. church. Like, bitch, we've been trying to do that for the last three years. We want to tell God how to run the Mormon church because he's clearly fucking it up right now. Clearly. Direct. Oh, I found an answer to your question. Natasha was married. She's going through a divorce currently. So. Oh, I'm sorry, Natasha. Yeah, but this also plays in. So here was a part of the article that was interesting. She, um, Natasha said she doesn't know why the leaders of her congregation in Kansas would bring these issues to her now. She believes there is a possible conflict of interest in the disciplinary process. Natasha, who is going through a divorce, said that the stake president, who is an executive at Coke Industries, is also her husband's former boss. <gasps> so who knows if there's yeah that personal vendetta there or something oh my god yeah conspiracy um so um eric hawkins a spokesman for the church said the decision of the local leaders to excommunicate her was based on her public repeated opposition to the church church leaders and the doctrine of the church including the doctrine on the nature of the family and on moral issues um but how does masturbating affect the fam i'm so it doesn't it just doesn't it it's control and they call it a moral issue and like anything that's not having sex how they tell you to is somehow hurting the nature of the family i just said something i know that i'm repeating myself it's like a broken record here but and i've said it on so many episodes but that's something that i never understood of like how this this thing of sex could, you know, be so horrible before you're married, but then it switches as soon as you're married. It's like a great and wonderful thing. Like I just, that there was always a disconnect there for me where I didn't get it. Like why, why does this like (laughs) magical ceremony and going (laughs) to the temple all of a sudden transform sex into a great, like blessed thing. Whereas before it was, a huge transgression next to murder. Like I, I just, I and you know, that's supposed to make that switch somehow. Like no wonder so many of us have, you know, I think a lot of us, probably a lot of you listening, even if you weren't Mormon, but grew up in a church similar that told like shamed you for sex. Like we have experienced issues around sex and like pleasure because of this. So like, therapists like Natasha Helfer are very much needed because of the damage Mm -hmm. that has been done by the church. But yeah, I don't get it either. It makes no sense. Like no one's going to be able to switch so easily from it's a horrible sin to, okay, here we go. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So Natasha Helfer told the Salt Lake Tribune that she was asked to leave her disciplinary hearing before it began on Sunday because she refused to turn off her phone, which contained her notes. So like we've discussed in our excommunication episode, they have a court of love where you have to go to like a disciplinary court held by the church and all of the church officials bring up their case against you and you have a chance to quote unquote defend yourself, even though it doesn't mean shit. Um, And she had her notes on her phone that she wanted to share. And they said, you cannot bring a phone in here. Like, they won't. So creepy to me. They don't want anyone recording the proceedings. So they she she wasn't even allowed in her own excommunication court. Like, they just excommunicated her without her there because 
she had her phone and wouldn't turn it off. But also it's like, it just annoys me so much. It's like the church thinks that the court is, is like equivalent to uh, a federal court or like a state court or, you know, and it's just like, yeah, we, we are that serious that if you don't turn off your phone, then we're just going to make a ruling. And it's like, sir, go find, like, kindly fuck off, as you would say. <laughs> like, you're not a real court. Like, I'm sorry, but you have no, no authority. And it, who gives a fuck if you bring a phone into it? It's not that serious. But because the Mormon church is so manipulative and controlling, they don't want you to bring in a phone for the simple fact that they don't want this getting out to the public. Because everyone, once they see this shit, like they did with Jeremy, was it Reynolds? Is that his last name? Reynolds. Yeah, he was able to like record part of it with like audio. Yeah, and when you listen to it, it is fucked. Like, it it made, that was one of the things that, like, pushed me over the edge, too, when I actually did listen to it. Because I was like, wow, that is some shady shit. And it's just, they they refuse to answer any of your questions. It's just like, nope, excommunicating you. We're not going to answer those relevant questions that you have. And uh, that's it. I mean, if they had nothing to hide, wouldn't they let you record it? They that's the best point ever they should and they constantly say that they have nothing to hide but then they don't want any recording devices around anything that they do so yep and the same with temples like if if it's not really a cult and it's not creepy then wouldn't you just open temples to the public or let maybe not even open to the public but just like allow people to know what happens in the temple because if you if you're not a cult then why do you need to hide it's secret (laughs) (laughs) so um in like looking into this i came across a talk from m russell ballard which by the way i found out his first name is melvin so no wonder he goes by m russell ballard instead of melvin r ballard get out of my head i was just about to ask you before you said any of that I was gonna say like I wonder what his first initial I've never thought of it but what does the M stand for Melvin oh I know I wonder sorry if any of you are named Melvin it's really not that bad of a name I just like Katie's nice it's a horrible name I'm gonna call you out if you are named Melvin (laughs) send me a message and I yeah I I just can't refrain Um, he gave this talk that um was called Beware of False Prophets and False Teachers. And I took some excerpts from it to read, to show, especially to people who have never been Mormon, but I guess to remind us all why this is such a big deal, like why they did excommunicate her because she was like, quote unquote, speaking out against the church when that wasn't really what she was doing. She was just spreading the truth about like safe and healthy sexual activities. So this just really tied in perfectly to illustrate that. So he says, as apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is our duty to be watchmen on the tower, warning church members to beware of false prophets and false teachers who lie in wait to ensnare and destroy faith and testimony. Today, we warn you that there are false prophets and false teachers arising. If we are not careful, even those who are among the faithful members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will fall victim to their deception. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's just so like dun, 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 doom and gloom, but it gets Although better. I have to say, so there's like two points on that. First is that I'm imagining us as being badass bitches with like superhero capes and like, yes, yes. that when he's describing it, it's like, uh, yeah, that's, that's us. That um, obviously. <laughs> um, but the second point is that I just made this connection you know how we got these messages recently for the vaccination episode and how it was like, you guys are controlling the narrative. You just need to let people make their own choices about their own bodies. How does that not contradict the entire stance the church has on sexuality? I know. Isn't that part of your body? Isn't that controlling? Like, shouldn't you have the choice to do it what you want with your body? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. Huh. Well, yeah, and I just don't like that argument when in regards to, like, mask wearing because it's such a simple act and it's not hurting you to do it. And, like, 
and also no one's forcing you, but you're just an asshole if you don't like and if you can help spread a deadly virus, help prevent the spread of a deadly virus, like, why wouldn't you? Like, that's not something that's like, oh, it's my body, my choice. It's like, well, you're affecting, like, the whole entire society around you by not complying to, like, safety guidelines. <laughs> like, exactly. like, it's my body, my choice. I just went to the bathroom and I didn't touch my hands and now I'm, or I didn't wash my hands and now I'm preparing you food. I'd be like, I just took a massive shit and now I'm making you a burrito. And it's my, my, body, choice. my choice. My body, my choice. And it's like, well, I guess technically, but now I don't want anything to do with you. And all these people shouldn't either. Cause you're going to get them sick. So, <laughs> but it's also like, sorry, listeners are probably like, oh, like there again with her random thoughts, but I just put all these connections together. Cause at the time when we were, when we got all of these messages, Katie and I were both just like, can't fucking deal with you guys. But now I'm like, oh, because I, I remember at least one or two saying that, like, and, you know, you should just let people make choices because it's their bodies. But then it contradicts this. And also it contradicts, like, if they're I don't know what their political stance is, but most of these people made it quite clear that they had different political stance, which is fine. But about abortion as well, yeah, like yeah, if that's yeah. the same concept like it's a woman's body it's her choice right so I don't know I just feel like there's so many contradictions that I personally just have huge issues with contradictions <laughs> like, I totally I agree with you yeah I'm, I'm totally with you I agree um okay so he goes on to say we can accept nothing as authoritative but that which comes directly through the appointed channel the constituted organizations of the priesthood which is the channel that god has appointed through which to make known his mind and will to the world and the moment that individuals look to any other source that moment they throw themselves open to the seductive influences of satan and render themselves liable to become servants of the devil they lose sight of the true order through which the blessings of the priesthood are to be enjoyed they step outside of the pale of the kingdom of God and are on dangerous ground. Whenever you see a man rise up claiming to have received direct revelation from the Lord to the church, independent of the order and channel of the priesthood, you may set him down as an imposter. <laughs> oh my God. Calm down, Melvin. Like... Melvin, calm. It's like, <laughs> but it's so funny to me because he's like, anyone who says that they spoke to God is lying, except for us, except for us. Like, if they're the appointed apostles of the priesthood and we say God said something, then that's true. But if anyone else, even if it's a member of the church that's not as high up as us, said that they got revelation from God, they're an imposter. Like, even though the church says that you can receive personal revelation from yeah. God. Yeah. You guys, contradictions, I can't fucking Again, handle them. It drives me another insane. One. Here's another one. The president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and only him holds the exercises of their fullness of all the keys of God's kingdom on earth. So, like, they say all the time the prophets and apostles are just people or they're just men. But then you hear shit like this all the time. That's like the only person who is a direct line to God is the prophet. That's it. Like, so, yeah, it's another contradiction. Ugh. I can't handle it. Although, <laughs> lighter note, have you seen that meme? That I think it was in the ex-Mormon worldwide Facebook group. I saw it yesterday or today where it's like, <laughs> sorry, I'm already laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy hugging celestial Jesus in heaven. And then the caption is like Jesus saying, oh, so sorry, Brian. You were so close to getting into heaven, but you just forgot that one sign. Oh, <laughs> you forgot the special handshake. Oh, no. Which makes me think of this whole, like, do not trust anyone who says they receive revelation from God unless they show up and can do the four signs. <laughs> then yeah. it's real. Then it's real, and it's not a cult. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the prophets constantly cry out against that which is intolerable in the sight of the Lord, against 
pollution of mind, body, and our surroundings, against vulgarity, stealing, lying, pride, and blasphemy, against fornication, adultery, homosexuality, and all other abuses of the sacred power to create, against murder and all that is like unto it, against all matter of desecration, that such things should be found even among the saints to some degree is scarcely believable. Sadly, however, we find that to be shown the way is not necessarily to walk in it. So. Wow. So he, I mean, why are they confused that people need sex therapists in the Mormon yeah. religion? And because they're really saying like anything to have to do with sex that we, that doesn't result in a child from a heterosexual Mormon couple is wrong. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. When was this article? Uh, this is 1999. Oh, so. the year before two, Y2K. Y2K. Okay. Um, okay, there's only a little bit left of it that I took some snippets from. So he says, beware of those who speak and publish in opposition to God's true prophets and who actively proselyte others with reckless disregard for the eternal well-being of those whom they seduce, like Nehor and Korahor. That's us, you guys. This is us. Listen up. This is good. Melvin's talking about us. They're talking about. He's talking about us. Like Nehor and Korahor in the Book of Mormon, they rely on sophistry to deceive and entice others to their views. They set themselves up for a light unto the world that they may get gain and praise of the world, but they seek not the welfare of Zion. (laughs) It's true. We we do not <laughs> seek the welfare of Zion on your we behalf. Like we we, we don't. Do he told the truth there. Um, <laughs> but we do entice you. I mean, I don't know. Did did the the face on the lemon that I posted the other day? Did that get you guys going? Was that enticing? <laughs> did that make you wanna? Sarah yeah. posted a photo on the Instagram stories of her face as a lemon, <laughs> and it was cute. It was the scariest thing I have ever seen. I couldn't stop giggling. It entertained me for like hours. So I thought you guys would appreciate it. But, you know, I am enticing and, you know, trying to seduce you guys because we are servants of Satan. Of course we are. Um, False prophets and false teachers are also those who attempt to change the God-given and scripturally based doctrines that protect the sanctity of marriage, the divine nature of the family, and the essential doctrine of personal morality. They advocate a redefinition of morality to justify fornication, adultery, and homosexual relationships. Some openly champion the legalization of so-called same-gender marriages. I hate them To justify their rejection of God's immutable laws that protect the family, these false prophets and false teachers even attack the inspired proclamation on the family issued to the world in 1995 by the First Presidency and the Twelve Apostles. Yes, we do attack that because it's awful. And again, it's like they hide under this guise I feel like a lot of people who are homophobic and transphobic hide under the guise of we just want to protect the traditional family guess what letting gay people get married doesn't affect your family whatsoever and in fact it it makes other families better because they can be married if they want to be like that's a family exactly I don't like it just drives me insane that they assume that everything is about them. Like, it's not. It's not about you. Like, people just want to live their lives in happiness. So, <laughs> fuck off. Like, it has nothing to do with you. Zero effect on you. Like, and that's the thing is that with religion in general, it just really pisses me off. Like, live your lives and fuck off. Like, quit getting involved in everyone else's life. Like, it just... It, it helps, like, from a mental health point of view, like, just to take care of yourself. Like, you know, just focus on your own shit and don't be bothered. Unless someone's, like, murdering you or is what the church is doing by being, like, homophobic and racist and sexist and all of those issues that are very important. If you're not doing all of that stuff and you're just doing you and living your life, then that's it doesn't affect me in any yeah. way at all. And also, he keeps bringing up, like, personal morality and, like, anything having to do with sex, like, alluding to masturbation. Like, 
I guarantee all these people have masturbated that constantly tell you to not do it. Oh, my God. Melvin has masturbated several times. They used to call him masturbating Melvin. (laughs) (laughs) It's Melvin the masturbator. (laughs) Okay, so this, this is another little gem. So regardless of which particular false doctrines they teach, False prophets and false teachers are an, an inevitable part of the last days. False prophets, according to the prophet Joseph Smith, always arise to oppose the true prophets. Oh, God, we've just heard that so much. Like, it's the last days. It's the end of days. And, of course, we're going to have opposition because Joseph Smith said so. Like, hey. no, just calling out your bullshit, dude. <laughs> Yep, and I, I was laughing at this because I think I mentioned it in the last episode where um, we, so Greg and I finished watching the the Good Omens. Oh, uh-huh. and you know, obviously, like it highlights on like the end of the world and like all of these, um, basically like uh, prophecies in the Bible about what will happen at the end of times. And Greg was like, "Is that does that really like is that something you guys are taught?" And I was like, "Yeah," and it's like hilarious because every decade a prophet will be like and this is our the last days and the last dispensation on earth like you know rumors of war so wars and rumors of wars and famine and disease and da 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 da. and so every generation has been like oh my god this is the last day like this is happening but in reality that's just called the world like it's like literally in their name, latter day saints. Like every single generation has been the last days and everything, yeah, is like this fulfillment of a quote unquote prophecy. Like, oh God. Um, okay, so the very last quote I have is he says, In the Lord's church, there is no such thing as loyal opposition. One is either for the kingdom of God. And stands in defense of God's prophets and apostles, or one stands opposed. So reading this, it's like very crystal clear to me, like why they would excommunicate Natasha Helfer. But I feel like a lot of a lot of progressive Mormons or maybe just even, I don't know, neutral Mormons are kind of like, well, you can have your own thoughts like you don't have to agree with everything the prophets say. And then here we have a literal apostle saying you have you are either for us or against us there is no like middle ground yet i know that a lot of mormons do kind of ride that middle ground because they probably can't like justify it any other way cuz they realize maybe they kind of subconsciously realize how awful it is i don't know but i just find that interesting cuz you hear all the time people say like oh yeah you don't have to be like totally active you can have your own views but According to the prophets and this apostle, you can't. Exactly. And that's, I think, why we call out progressive Mormons a lot. And it's not because we don't empathize. I think, you know, Katie and I went through a phase of being that progressive Mormon mm-hmm. until we left. Yeah. Because I thought I could justify it or make both work. And you just really can't. And yeah. you have in the church where they're telling you this. Like, you're either all in or you're all out. Like, it's it's not an in-between church that you can do. Yeah. And that's obviously, that's obviously what Natasha Helfer was trying to do, right? Like she was trying to be in the middle. She was trying to like be in the church and help people with their therapy and with sex therapy in a way that was ethical and, you know, right for her practice. But um, she couldn't do that and also be a member of the church. The, the, The officials were like, nope, you can't do that, which... I mean, I feel for her. I feel bad. That was, I'm sure, very devastating. And, like, she was put kind of on public display. And she even had to fly out to Kansas to, like, go to that here. That fucking <laughs> bonkers. Yeah. and But I'm also just, like, kind of glad that she's out. And hopefully that'll help maybe catapult her into full-on ex-Mormonism. I don't know. I, I feel for her, though. Like, I if any of you know her or whatever we definitely yeah we're, we stand with her and stand for her because I think what she did was was great and very brave and I'm sure that would be very hard to do with all those exactly. men yeah and she's you know she's in the public eye she has a profession that is you know obviously she did 
uh, you know, the things that she stood up for were because of her profession and because of what she believes in. But also it's like, you know, the Mormon church is powerful. So that's a big risk that they're not going to ruin or tarnish your name, your reputation as a professional. Like that to me would be a scary risk. And obviously she had a partner who I don't know the reasons why they're divorcing, but I'm sure it didn't help. Yeah. their relationship you know so I mean it's a lot it, it's it's back to what we always say that leaving the church or questioning the church isn't just something we do for kicks and giggles it's not fun no it's not like you wake up one day and are like all right I'm gonna leave the church just because I'm bitter and upset and I'm lazy I'm a lazy learner no <laughs> there are like severe consequences from leaving the church and it's a hard thing to do and we see this in her situation and this is something like even, you know, ours is in a more private domain in terms of like before we left and hers is in the public sphere. Like she's yeah. in the public eye. Yeah. Um, it's not an easy thing. She could have easily just retracted her statement and said, Oh, I'm, I'm just kidding. I repent and I'm going back to church, but she didn't. And I am like, I'm yeah. As Katie said, I'm very impressed and also just like, Obviously, she has our support, um, even though she doesn't know us. And she's probably like, who the fuck are you two? But <laughs> hi, hi, Natasha. If you're listening, you have our support. And we just want to thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, that's all I have. I don't know if you wanted to add anything before we sign off. No, I don't think so. Um, other than we love you guys. Thanks for your support, as always. And... Um, yeah, keep wearing your mask, keep washing your hands, get the vaccine if you can, if you're eligible, and uh, be good people. That's yep. all I need to say. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.